welcome back to Hate Read. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. And every fortnight here on Hate Read, we um, take turns challenging the other to read a book that they think they we will hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. That's what we do here. <laughs> These are words. <laughs> Listen, y'all know the deal. It's it's the tenth episode. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> 10th episode. <laughs> Isn't it? We, yeah, yeah. 10th episode. We've come so far. So far, and yet not very far. <laughs> We're still reading really <laughs> shitty books, you guys. <laughs> not much has changed here on Hate Read. Nope. <laughs> um, but this this fortnight, I challenged M to read a romance novel called Hocus Pocus to Roblin. And yes, that is the intro we're going to go with this fortnight. So, M, did you finish this book? I did. Um, <gasps> da, 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 da. Yeah, I have a lot of caveats I want to throw out there before we kind of get into the meat of this discussion. Okay, uh, go for it. Number one, I want to say, I think that like, if you are a longtime listener, you might kind of be like, you can't possibly hate all of these books. They can't possibly all have been that bad. They they have been that bad. So I went into this book. I really wanted to like this book. I wanted to enjoy it. The description um, made it seem very different than what it was. Yes. Number one, which we will get to that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I wasn't going into this as like a negative attitude at all. I was trying to enjoy the book. I was trying to take it for what it was. Uh, that didn't work. It was... Here's the, here's the second caveat, right? Um, this is a, another self-published book, I believe, correct? I think so. Actually, no. I don't know why I'm bothering to ask you. I know this is a self-published book because at the very beginning of this book... Let me get to it real quick. Did you read the copyright page? No, I didn't. I usually, that's one of the ones I skip. Yeah, as most people do. But I suggest that for this one, go go to the copyright page and just read the first, uh, first little bit there. Sure. I'm trying to get the Kindle library to agree with me here. It keeps trying to open up Annie's baby. Hold on. <laughs> oh, copyright, Hocus Pocus, copyright 2005 by Teresa Robin, blah, 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 blah. Please respect the time, effort, and hard work of this author and huggable, I'm sticking to that description, mother of two sons. Yeah, so like... Oh, oops. She has like... (laughs) Yes. Yes. So she has like a disclaimer in her copyright that's basically like, don't make fun of this. And I mean, I get that. First off, it's it's not fair to compare self-published books to like books that go through traditional publishing because... Books that go through traditional publishing have a lot more eyes on them. There's a lot more people mm-hmm. kind of checking what you're doing than self-publishing. So, I mean, like, I totally get that. It's not fair to hold self-pub up to the same standard as traditional publishing, in my opinion. Right, right, right. Um, that being said, if you are self-publishing and you're putting your work out there, like, you have to accept that people might not like it. <laughs> Very true. And while I appreciate that it takes a lot of effort and hard work to write a book, I just don't think that that gives you a free pass for the book being bad, which this book was bad. Yeah, like, I can totally respect the hard work that went into writing a full-length novel that has, you know, a clear plot and characters that, for the most part, 
stick to their remaining character. Yeah, remaining yeah. character. There is a little bit of growth. I mean, it's not like I mean, this this was a book. This was a story. This was something someone wrote and put out and put time into. This isn't Antigua level of bad. Very true. But it is not good. <laughs> it was not our favorite. Oh. Uh, so, like, I'm really sorry, Teresa Roblin. Like, I get that you put a lot of hard work into this. And, I mean, I I guess you... I, I just feel like the fact that she feels she has to put a disclaimer at the start of her book means that on some level, she must be aware that this is not good. Like, right? Like... <laughs> I, it does, it does have a bit of a... Uh, what are the words I'm looking for? Um low self-esteem feel to it or very self-conscious yeah. feel to it that disclaimer like you yeah. know there's there are definitely people this book is going to appeal to and um I mean I can definitely like this type of storyline and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the silver linings as well but this type of storyline is exactly what you kind of want to sit down and watch you know like it would make a really yes. good lifetime movie at Christmas like this would be perfect but I had to read it for almost 300 pages, <laughs> which is a little different. And that wasn't as fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I just wanted to kind of get all that out of the way because I don't I don't want it to seem like we're picking on self Yeah, we don't want to come most off of the boys. authors we – yeah, most of the authors we read aren't self-published. Uh, and obviously there's a different standard that we're holding this book to than, say, like, Laurel K. Hamilton, who is a huge author and has – a ton of people looking, well, theoretically, looking at her work before it's published. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we get that. That's not what we're taking. That's not what I'm taking issue with. I'm not, like, nitpicking about the little issues with, like, plot discrepancies and, um, like, you know, spelling errors and things like that. That's all fine. I don't care about any of that. I just didn't like this book. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that, too, this is kind of the the spirit of the podcast as well. Like we don't set out to like bully anyone specifically. Like we're doing this because we know the other person's not going to like this particular book and we like to torture ourselves. Like it's not. Well, and also like for me, I'm, I've been hopeful this whole podcast. I like how this is kind of just turning into like a a treatise on the podcast, but I've been hopeful this whole podcast that I will actually like one of these books and that it will expand my horizons into something that I don't normally read. That has not been the case over these last 10 episodes. Um, But, you know, I'm still hopeful that one of these days, one of these books is actually going to be something that I can get into and will end up maybe uh, exposing me to new, new authors or new genres, things like that. Um, Yeah. That, that just wasn't this book. And that's okay. Not every book is going to be for everyone. No, but I, I think I definitely think this is one of those books that someone will very much like. Yeah, for sure. So with all that out of the way, let's get into what this book is actually about. <laughs> I'm so glad you finished this one. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't think I was going to. I was reading this in, in between classes and like laughing. Here's the other thing. I did enjoy this book because it was hysterical at times. And Sometimes intentionally, a lot of unintentionally, but I was like laughing out loud at some of the stuff that happens in this book and people were staring at me and I was like, I'm sorry, you don't understand. Yeah, you don't know where we're coming from. There's involved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, M texted me and was like, 
I don't think I'm going to get through this book. And I was like, can I just give you some keywords to like maybe push you towards the end? (laughs) Chocolate body paint. (laughs) So yeah, stick with us till the end of this episode and you too can learn about the chocolate body paint. This book is about a young woman named Amanda Santorelli, who is an assistant to a guy named Mark something or other. I can't remember and I don't care. I don't remember either. Yeah, unimportant. So Amanda is a very insecure, unassertive young woman. And people kind of make fun of her for this. They call her a mouse behind her back at work. They make fun of like her appearance because they think that she's like dowdy. When um, in actuality, she dresses the way that she dresses because she had a bad relationship with a guy and because of that, she never wants to look sexy or something. I didn't really get that. Yeah. It was a very confusing kind of backstory that didn't that came up a lot, but didn't really connect for me. I don't know. There was a lot of like weird body shaming stuff going on in this, and like body type shaming. I don't know. It was very interesting. Well, I don't. I don't know if you noticed this, but the Kindle edition. The thing along the top, which is like the full title, um, Mm -hmm. for some reason, they decided to list this as romance, hocus pocus, parentheses, alpha male BBW romance, parentheses, hot and spicy romantic comedy with magic and spells, parentheses, boss (laughs) assistant romance, which like... (laughs) That's a lot of title for one book. (laughs) That's a lot of title. And most of those, I would say, are more like keywords than a title, but... um, And that's not all on the title page of this book, but it is on the like title scroll of the Kindle edition. So that's that was a weird thing. But on every page. Uh, so you know what you're getting into when you open this on your Kindle, that it is going to be hot and spicy with magic spells between a boss and assistant. And it's going to be an alpha male and a BBW, which like I didn't really feel like Mark was much of an alpha male, honestly. But yeah, they definitely focused a little bit on the bbw part of things and there was Mm -hmm. a lot of talk about her curves and her big hips and her big boobs and this and that and i was like all right yeah we get it um yeah and then her sudden like weight loss transformation which oh yeah i didn't whatever she I, I, i was like but how she's like one she's not denying herself the food she wants anymore because of this assertiveness spell And two, she's not, like, exercising anymore. So where did the weight loss come from? Well, I think it was because she just didn't have the time to eat anymore, which is an actual Uh, thing that they say in this book. Uh, I missed that. (laughs) Because she's just so busy with everybody suddenly, like, caring about her and being interested in her. So she just doesn't have the time to eat anymore, which is a great diet, you guys. Just stop eating. Don't eat ever again. Then you'll lose weight. That's a healthy way if of If you don't take it. in any calories, there's no calories to burn. And of course, when she's losing this weight, none of it seems to be coming off of her boobs or hips. Those are still nice and voluptuous. So Amanda is, you know, going through life uh, in this these dowdy clothes and being mousy and whatnot. Um, until one day, her Aunt Lily stumbles across a spell book in the attic, which is when I became very sad because I assumed going into this book that this was going to be like a family of witches, Sabrina yes. the Teenage Witch, charm sort of situation. 
But no, it's just she literally just finds an old spell book in the attic and decides to give it a whirl. Yeah, it was really disappointing on that front. Yes, I was like, ooh, fun story about sibling witches and mm-hmm. covens and romance and it'll be cute but it was it was not that no and and this book is tagged as fantasy and magic as well which like yeah there was the one spell but i would not call this a fantasy book this is more like a freaky friday kind of thing not a not a which gets into kind of like how we define genre Mm -hmm. because it definitely has a fantasy element although i think you could make the argument that there was no spell at all and it was all in her head but the book certainly doesn't make that argument the book is claiming that this is a real spell. Very adamant um, about it, actually. Yeah, it's it's real magic that really happens. Um, so yeah, I it it's not fantasy in any way that I'm used to reading fantasy. Which again, that's okay, but it definitely was not what I was expecting going into it. Mm-hmm. So they do the spell, and let me see if I can find the spell real quick. Oh yeah. Because, and it's not even, like, a spell in this room where she's found. It's, like, a spell. She goes through the spells, and she's oh, like, yeah. I don't have any time to do any of these because I have to, like, pick flowers at the full moon and, like, light certain candles in certain orders. So I'm just going to make one up by combining every magical <laughs> ingredient I can find and making up my own rhyme. Which really brings into question just, like, the metaphysics of this universe. Because mm-hmm. generally when you introduce magic as an element in a story there have to be some sort of well there don't have to be but usually there are some sort of rules um like oh magic can be done by people who have a genetic link or magic can be done with the right willpower but you have to use certain ingredients or you know no it's just like literally she feels like she she makes up a spell and says it and it works which Uh this woman clearly has great power and should be probably doing more with it than meddling in her niece's love life. (laughs) She needs to be more responsible with her spells. Yeah, someone should do a spell on Aunt Lily to make her more responsible. Oh my god. Well, you know, she's a cool aunt though. She's got marijuana and free satellite TV she stole from someone or something. She's also 70-something. She's like 75 and these girls are 26, which I mean, I guess you can have an aunt who's 50 years older than you if you have like a real gap in age somewhere mm-hmm. in siblings or, you know, but I was just like, why is she, what is the situation where they are living with this 75 year old aunt? Like, it's I just, too uh, had a lot of questions about that because my dad is the youngest of 11. I'm in my late 20s. My oldest aunt is not yet this old. So like... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which leads into one of my theories about Aunt Lily, which is that she's actually a changeling, except instead of a baby with an (laughs) aunt. So like she's a fairy creature who got swapped out. Um, which, Which explains a lot, like how she sometimes talks like she's a million years old and sometimes uses very youthful slang mm-hmm. um she just doesn't know she just doesn't know how the human world works and she's trying to figure it out and she's cast a spell on these girls to make them believe that she's their real aunt when really <laughs> she is a fairy creature from beyond the veil um, she's like a hobgoblin or something yeah i don't know uh, so here's <laughs> here's the spell that she uses though it goes like this 
What is asked is what you'll say for the spell to work this way. Then there's some, you know, Amanda shivering and whatever. Right or wrong, express your right. All your thoughts are brought to light. Show the one that you desire how to light your inner fire. Once everything (laughs) is said and done, then you'll find your only one. Which, (laughs) there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, But essentially, and apparently everyone was too dumb to figure this out till the end of the book, boils down to she's cursed to tell the truth whenever someone asks her a question until she finds true love. Right. Which also, the way that this curse spell works is not very uniform, Um, because generally the way it's presented is if someone asks a question, she has to immediately answer that with what she really believes. Mm -hmm. But then there's a lot of times where she just says stuff and no one has asked her a question and she's blurting stuff out and she's like, oh, my big mouth. And I'm like, but no one asked you a question, though. So why are you... (laughs) Why? This is just you. You're just saying this. You're just using this curse as a crutch now. (laughs) So Amanda goes out into the world and now has this curse on her and has to respond with the truth whenever someone asks, or not even the truth, just what her inner thoughts are when Mm -hmm. someone asks her a question. And of course, this leads to various embarrassing situations. She perceives to be the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her perception of the truth. And this leads to various embarrassing situations for Amanda, such as um, like answering what color underwear she has on when her boss asks her that, as bosses are wont to do in this universe. Yeah. Um, to mm-hmm. be fair, he, he was trying to ask something else and she misunderstood the question, which again gets into how exactly this curse works. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But yeah, so she she wants to get rid of this curse because she's just so embarrassed and distressed by the fact that she has to constantly be speaking in her mind, which she never did before. But right. everybody around her is super, super into Cursed Amanda. They love the fact that she speaks her mind. They think it's so refreshing. They think it's so mm-hmm. honest. I'm like, no one would respond like this. Yeah, no. This is not... I would be... I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What, you know? Yeah. Like, there are, there are several times in this book where she solves um, conflicts that she has with other women, specifically women who have been mean Ugh. and rude to her in the past, by being mean and rude back to them. And then somehow yes. that makes them all friends. Which, I hate that because it it just perpetuates this idea that women are like mean and nasty to each other and can never get along. And, and that's how we relate. That's how we talk. Well, yeah. That's just how we are. We're all catty and bitchy. We're also catty. And that's just how we show affection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That means, that, that means we're Love alike. you bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so unrealistic. Like, ugh, drives me crazy. Um, so, let me see. Let me because uh, I didn't take copious notes for this, so I'm just scrolling through the Kindle edition. Well, that's um, what I did this time around too, because most of my yeah, notes yeah, yeah. were just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, uh, it's around this point where we get a perspective switch into Mark's point of view, and which I hated. 
I hated these perspective switches because <laughs> how I, much better would it have been if we didn't have Mark's perspective at all? It would be so much better. It would so much and 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 it does that thing I hate, which I know we've mentioned before on the podcast, where it like will switch perspective within a few paragraphs. I'm like, come on, at yes. least do like chapter breaks. I, I hate that shit. Come on, yes. guys. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's yeah. So Mark is very confused by the new Amanda. He's not sure what to do with her and he starts noticing how sexy she is which like whatever who cares um yeah he can't stop looking at her and i think this might might have been a typo in the book because i think the same exact paragraph of dialogue happens twice within a short period of time in each other towards oh the my end gosh of the i totally didn't even notice that yeah, but apparently, like, he starts to become excited for her to come in so he can see what she's wearing every day. And let me, let me, let me pull it up. It's at the end of the book. Um, yeah, he says, trouble was, I found myself waiting for your arrival at work so I could see what you wore. I kept my eye, my ears open to hear what would come out of your mouth. Before I knew it, I was hooked. The more you changed, the more addicted I became. So it's like... which. He doesn't like the old Amanda. He just likes the new pretty one. <laughs> right, right. They keep at, Towards the end of the book, they try to justify this a lot with, oh, I like both Amandas, and you're great no matter what. But no, he definitely is into bitchy, hot Amanda. He yeah. is. He yeah. does not like mousy, unassertive Amanda at all. <laughs> yeah, so, so we get all this from Mark, and then Lily and Sarah, who's um, Amanda's sister, they decide that they're going to give Amanda a makeover and I think she kind of agrees to it because she says they ask her oh do you like your old clothes and she's like no I don't because she has to say what she thinks Mm -hmm. but she doesn't really want new clothes you know so Mm -hmm. but they decided they'll get rid of all of her old clothes and get her a bunch of sexy new clothes which they do so that adds to the whole new Amanda thing. And how much did that cost? Oh way too much I'm sure because they entirely replaced her wardrobe mm-hmm. even um, her underwear her work her clothes her house clothes yeah it was like everything and it's not cheap sounding stuff no it's like suits and stuff mm-hmm. for all occasions but yeah so they buy her a whole bunch of new clothes um they're also kind of trying to break the spell and figure it out and they can't figure out how to break the spell um they, they try like saying it try to, yeah <laughs> they literally try to say the spell backwards <laughs> which <laughs> Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, there are no rules to how magic works in this world, so maybe that would work. Who knows? Yeah, maybe um, that was the key. There's, there's also a part where Amanda like picks up the the spell book and is like, starts looking through it, and she's like, "This is just not helpful at all," but doesn't bother actually reading any of the spells. And I'm like, maybe, maybe you should read those and see if there's one that's like how to break a curse or something like that. Yeah, because exactly. You- <laughs> You're not doing your research. The edit undo counter curse. Right. Like, <laughs> Control Z. And it's it's probably not going to be say it backwards, but, you know, <laughs> maybe give it a, a quick read. But she's she immediately yeah. dismisses it and is like, this is totally useless because she made up the curse anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, you could try. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, so um. Are you gonna Sorry, go are you gonna mention the 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 sexual fantasy here that happens while I'm her trying, aunt I'm and trying sister to figure out how to work it in? Uh, yeah. So, so, so 
so Amanda's aunt and sister go out to buy her clothes really early in the morning. So Amanda thinks she's home by herself. So she goes out <laughs> into the backyard to study the book, gives up, and then immediately has a sexual fantasy about Mark that involves cream, which sun I think was supposed oil. to be like suntan oil, but they kept calling it cream and rubbing it on each other, which that's fine, except for the way that Amanda reacts to this entire situation is by pantomiming everything that's going on in her fantasy. Which, which, which is like a thing that happens in this book constantly, is people think things and then say them out loud like they can't just have inner thoughts which really makes you wonder why this spell was needed in the first place because everybody's just constantly saying what they think out loud anyway including Mm -hmm. amanda there's multiple times where she's talking to herself but she's talking out loud and having like entire conversations there's a part where mark just starts having a split personality conversation with himself in a mirror and it is crazy yes (laughs) but so like Amanda is having this sexual fantasy and is just outside, outside in her lounge chair, mm-hmm. like rubbing the air. Yeah, yeah. And I wish, I wish you could see us doing this, but like she, <laughs> her. I think her aunt like they come home in the midst of Amanda having this fantasy, and her aunt asked her if she was doing, like, the karate kid wax-on, wax-off moves, like, some sort of tai chi <laughs> warm-up that morning, and Amanda's just like, oh, uh, mm. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that happens. <laughs> Which, like, it gets into this interesting thing of, of this issue that romance novels have a lot, where you have to have the tension of the characters not getting together, Mm-hmm. for the majority of the plot or they get together and then they break up multiple times but you have to have something to keep that tension going because that's the whole point of the novel is this relationship but then if you go with the they don't get together until the very end thing how are you going to get all the sex scenes in and I appreciate <laughs> that uh, Teresa Roblin decided to use this little workaround of just having elaborate fantasy scenes which I yep. thought was going to come up, not not saying that I enjoyed it, but I was like, yes, okay, I see why you did that. And I guess it kind of makes sense. But it only happens the one time. So mm-hmm. it's not really like infusing the book with sex scenes. It's just the one. And it's really awkward. Yeah. Well, and then I thought, It makes too- Amanda look crazy. <laughs> well, and I thought, too, because her reaction was so, like out there towards this fantasy that like oh well maybe this is the spell and she's actually connected to him and maybe he's having the same fantasy and something something oh yeah that would have been good that, that would have been really good but nah, nah <laughs> it's just Amanda no, getting not super it. into her it's just Amanda <laughs> it's just Amanda oiling up an imaginary human <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so Amanda continues on at work in her sexy, sexy new clothes. Um, It's around this time that we get Mark's tragic backstory, which is really sexist and terrible. um, And I hate it. And is essentially that she or sorry, she he had a girlfriend who is a, a working woman type. And 
she used him to further her career up the corporate ladder, which there's no actual evidence for that, except that she eventually dumps him and starts dating someone else who's higher up the corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like the fact that Mark just assumes that the only reason she progressed in her career was because he was dating her is so... And again, there's there's no evidence for that. There's no point where he's like, and because of our relationship, she got X, Y, Z thing out of this. He's just like, oh, my fiance dumped me and she was a gold digger who was using me to carry, to get her up the corporate ladder. And I'm like, okay, well, that's- The rude. only explanation. The absolutely only explanation mm-hmm. why a woman wouldn't want Mark's just magic dick, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to skip some of this because who cares? Oh, yeah. because Uh, And then literally it's just like a bunch of Amanda eventually like comes out and says, yes, I am in love with you and I want to be with you. And then he says, no, we can't do this because of my golden rule of not mixing business with pleasure. And that goes on and on and on over and over and over in different amalgamations. (laughs) Which really like that's pretty much. The whole plot, honestly, up Mm -hmm. until the end. She does um, tell him about the curse pretty early on. And he, you know, does a little test to see if it's true and believes her. Yeah. So so they're kind of trying to work together to break the curse, which they do by going to dinner together and going to his family barbecue. And I was like, I don't understand why... Yeah, any of the, I'm going to ask you on dates in order to break the spell. But they're not dates. And it's not like to break the spell. It's like so they can get to the bottom of what's going on. But I'm like, you already know what's going on. Yeah. You, you Amanda was there like she could just tell you and we don't have to do this whole farce. But yeah, so he he she blah, blah, blah. he takes her to like the family barbecue and all of his family loves her. And it's really awkward because it's an event that he has said multiple times is only family, but she gets jealous of the other women there who are monopolizing his time. And I'm like, aren't they related to him? What yeah, is going on? Yeah, those are like on? his cousins, you weirdo. Like, <laughs> like, why are you jealous of them? Creep. Um, this relationship also, I mean, is not honestly... going to work out smoothly if you're already jealous of his cousins. Like, <laughs> And like, the fact that... um he brought her to this barbecue and his whole family is like, oh, well, this is obviously your girlfriend. And they're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, <laughs> you brought her to a family barbecue. What were you expecting? Yeah. And her aunt. Like, that's that's weird. Yes. yes. He brought her and her aunt to the family barbecue. You don't bring your work assistant's aunt to the family barbecue unless you're also dating that assistant. Yes. <laughs> And even then, it's pretty weird. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, no, I think Amanda was right on the nose with that one when she said, like, you were, you wanted me to get, the, like, the approval of your family before you yeah, agreed to yeah. start dating or something, which but she it's, throws it's out But it's all subconscious for Mark. It's just all subconscious. Yeah. He doesn't realize that this is the reason why he's doing things. Well, how could he? He was a man jilted by a woman he can never trust again. <laughs> Just as Amanda was jilted by a man, and so she she too has trust issues. Yeah, she can never be pretty again. That's the route <laughs> she decided to take with that particular problem. Which, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so there, there's a lot of other like little things kind of in this book, little moments which we can maybe get into. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
the the wrap up is essentially Amanda and Mark or Amanda starts dating other men because mm-hmm. she asks she she you know tells Mark her intentions and he's not into it mm-hmm. because of his rule then Mark arranges for her to have a promotion so that she can go work somewhere else in this giant company and he won't be her boss anymore and they can start dating, which is like the really, really obvious solution to this that they should yeah. have come up with around chapter like four. Mm-hmm. Transfer her to another department. Done. Right. It's not that hard. But <laughs> meanwhile, Amanda <laughs> takes a job at another company and then kind of starts dating Mark's best friend, Tony, who also has a relationship with her sister, which we can get into that in a second because it's insane. Yes. Um, and yeah, I have to ask you a question about this, this whole Tony, Anthony and Amanda situation. So she, her aunt devises this list of things that Amanda needs to do in order to mm-hmm. either make Mark super jealous and realize what he's missing or make Mark really jealous and realize he wants to be with Amanda. And Amanda at the same time is like, no, I'm not going to do any of those things. Here's my list of things that I'm going to do to become my own woman and be happy and move on from this situation that is horrendous, which like, yeah, you do that girl. So of course her list differs from her aunt Lily's immensely, but she somehow manages to follow every single step on her aunt Lily's list and not on hers in like kind of this unwilling manner. But then, but so she, so, so one of the items on the list is that she needs to ask another man out pronto. So she kind of stages it so that she asks Tony out in front of Mark and, you're like okay so she is gonna go with her through with her aunt lily's list but then they have like this weird scene where she and tony are like conspiring together to get her with mark which after she's made this whole huge deal about how she's like giving up on mark and she doesn't I don't want think, to be with him anymore. i don't think they're conspiring together i think tony is just doing that annoying thing of Oh, ha, 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 which a lot of people do in this book of, mm-hmm. oh, you guys are so perfect together and I know you're going to end up together. And he's talking about it like it's a foregone conclusion, but she's not agreeing with that. I okay. Think. That was that yeah, was so, a very confusing scene to me because it made it seem like Amanda yes. had like reached out to Tony and been like, hey, can you help me with my plot to like make Mark jealous, even though I made this huge stink no, about she not doing that? actually wants to go on a date with this man and he is using her for info on her sister, which is a mess because here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're introduced We're introduced to Tony pretty early on in the book. They run into each other at a coffee shop, and he's mm-hmm. kind of, like, presented as, oh, you know, second option guy. Mm-hmm. Fairly shortly after that, Sarah, Amanda's sister, describes how she had a little bit of a car accident, a fender bender, and it turned out that it was her ex-boyfriend, Anthony, and his Italian grandmother. Which like Ooh, every alarm bells point, go off in your mind, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but then at the barbecue, Amanda uh, is there with her aunt, and Sarah conveniently can't make it, and mm-hmm. then Tony shows up there, and so the reader is aware that Tony is Sarah's ex. Mm-hmm. Because he's there with his Italian grandmother, and his name is fucking Tony, yeah. and the ex's name is Anthony. So of course it's the same fucking guy. And Tony is aware that Amanda is Sarah's sister. Yes. But Amanda doesn't realize this. Yeah, to, not even Amanda doesn't realize this. Tony does not tell her this. Yes. So Tony is Ooh, a scumbag. It was a little bit skeevy. <laughs> like, like that's... 
terrible um, because he then later goes on to state Mark realizes what's going on and Tony goes like states actually Mark might say it about Tony that oh you're using Amanda to get to her to yes. get information about her sister yes. and I'm like great good very manipulative very good mm-hmm. excellent way to start a relationship good yeah. But apparently that's what the second book in the series is all about. So if we were really curious. So check that out. <laughs> yeah, we, we could. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> so Amanda goes on this little tear of self-improvement slash doing exactly what her aunt says she should do. And mm-hmm. then she gives Mark her two weeks notice and he's like, oh, you got a promotion. And she's like, oh, well... I don't want it because I'm quitting because I hate everything and you're so terrible to me, which he's not terrible to her. He just doesn't do exactly what she wants him to do. Yeah, um, which is marry her. Right. Well, so they, she runs <laughs> off to, to the lake house of some friends that were earlier in the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not even friends. It was like a business associate of Mark's and his wife, who was really, really mean to her, which she wasn't mean to her. I don't. I was so confused by all of that because yeah. they, she kept being like, Donna's so terrible. I'm like, Donna has done no- Hashtag Donna did nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Donna did nothing wrong. Like, really, it was just like these comments that I was like, Amanda, honey, you were taking those way too personally. <laughs> Right? Like, she's just like, oh, how was your day? And Amanda's like, what, are you oh, trying to imply she? that I might have had a bad day? <laughs> just, well, when did this whole transformation take place? Because it's a pretty drastic right. transformation. She has her boobs, like, like, on the table. <laughs> yes, yes. And Amanda's just like, <gasps> how dare how you? How dare you? There was a lot of gasping in this book when people were offended, by the way. Yes. So anyway, so then Amanda confronts Donna about her meanness and Donna mm-hmm. reveals in another, you know, very characters have, again, just say everything that's on their mind in this yeah, book. Really? So she confronts Donna and Donna's like, I'm so sorry I was mean to you. I'm just very insecure about the fact that my husband might like other women besides me because we're getting older and I'm very insecure and I take his attention for granted. Sorry. And then they become friends. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, well, <laughs> sure, whatever. Whatever. So Donna invites her to the lake house and Amanda takes off to the lake house. Um, Mark finds out where she is from talking to her aunt and chases after her. Amanda, in another wacky hijinks situation, she (laughs) is going going skinny dipping. And Mark shows up at that exact moment and she hides in the laundry room and there's no clothes there that she could possibly wear. So Mark's like, where are you? And she's like, I'm in the laundry room naked. (laughs) And And he's immediately aroused. Yeah, and gives her his shirt. And then they talk and then they decide to bone. And then after they bone... The curse hasn't been broken, so Amanda's like, oh, no, you're not the one after all. And Mark <laughs> is like, I will do my best to prove that I am the one. And so they bone some more. And this which time... Is, which is a total 180 from where he was standing before, which was, I don't... Right. 
don't. I, I, I don't just want to take you out with for pleasure. Yeah, he's like, I just want to take you out for a drink and take it slow. And then, like, as soon as Amanda starts freaking out about him not being the one, he's like immediately like, I'm going to be the only man in her life from now on. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so they they bone some more, and this time they have chocolate body paint. <laughs> Yeah, so Which, like, okay. the owners of the lake house left this gift basket sitting out for Amanda when she got there, and it was it was like a, some chocolates, champagne glasses, but no champagne, and some other things, soaps and lotions, and then this chocolate Which, body paint. Let me tell you what I am pretty sure they intended with this. <laughs> they a hundred percent, Donna and Phil were sitting down over dinner one night, and we're like. Oh, hey, what do you think of Amanda? Oh, yeah, I I guess she's pretty cute. Oh, um, you know, I was thinking we could, like, maybe invite her up to the lake house, maybe get some chocolate body paint, you know, <laughs> see where things go. No, like, 100% who, Donna who and Phil were trying to orchestrate that? a threesome. Who instigated that conversation? It could have been either of them, honestly. I, I think but, probably Phil. Um, but you know, that does make sense because she did make it very clear she would be by herself at the lake house that weekend and no one yeah. would be with her. Yes. That makes sense. So I think that Donna and Phil were like, great, let's see if we can get this thing started, have a fun weekend <laughs> with this girl. And Mark just ruined this whole play. <laughs> yeah, with his amazing sex. Um, yeah, so they, they have lots of sex with the chocolate body paint. And um, here's the thing. The sex is, like, really graphic. Like, very graphic. Mm-hmm. Which was a little jarring since there had been no sex since that scene with the which wasn't super sexual. Like, I mean, there was a lot of rubbing and stuff, but I don't think they actually had sex in that fantasy. Yeah, no, it was just the anticipation of it. The the rubbing of the thighs and the back and the chest and everything. There's just a lot of description of, like, folds and, like, tender red throbbing knobs and, like, things sliding in and out. And just, it's very, which is fine, but I feel like that has to be the tone the whole time. You can't suddenly just be like, here is a super, super, super descriptive sex scene, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I agree. It was very, it was very dry, like you said. And especially because, like, I don't know, I thought the sex scenes were so much better than the rest of the book as well. Like, I would have liked yeah. something more along that that style for the whole book. Because without it, this is just kind of like a whiny back and forth between two people that we know are going to end up together in the end because did you see the book cover like (laughs) i feel like this is um another instance where she wrote the sex scene first and people Mm -hmm. were like this is good this is a good sex scene and then she wrote the book around it that could be i think i think the this was all a build-up to the chocolate body paint scene yeah yeah now i did tell you that there is one of the funniest lines I'd read in a sex scene and didn't I, oh, did I text yeah. you that? So <laughs> you didn't text me what the line was. Okay, I didn't text you what the line was that. Um it is in <laughs> and like I said, I for the most part I really enjoyed the sex scenes. Like I thought they were pretty well written and different. Like it wasn't just same same sex the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> but then I read this line which I had not come across in erotica before. <laughs> With a scream, Amanda convulsed around him. Her inner walls milked him. 
Oh, you haven't come across that? No, that is not what I'm I've de- saying. That's the thing. Before. I've definitely come across that. It's such a I read weird that mental like, image. I was like, oh, God, we had to do the milking imagery again. Because I, the specifically the milking thing, I feel like that gets used all the time. Um, <laughs> I, was I was just not like, expecting. yeah, so like literally, I read that and I was like, whatever. Well, Anita Blake didn't uh, didn't milk anybody, so I guess yeah, there wasn't so much milking in Anita Blake, <laughs> which like I don't get why that is a a phrase that is used a lot because it's not it's not a sexy image. No, in no, my opinion, it's really not it's be- and it's just like a I don't know. It really threw me out of this whole <laughs> section of the book. I- I don't want to picture you suddenly having sex with a cow, like, <laughs> or like the fact that your your vagina would be used as something to like tug on a man's genitalia and to, to like, you know, well, this is getting too graphic for the podcast, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also like another instance where it's like erotica. At least this scene is like erotica, but it's very vanilla. Erotica, it, well, it's chocolate as you know, chocolate product, but, but it's very like it, there's multiple times when Mark is like, "Ooh, tell me about your kinks," and she's like, mm, "Oil, that's honey. Lube is not a kink. That's yeah. not a kink. Like that's. I mean, I guess oiling someone up in the massage, like you can get kind of you know whatever with that, but mm-hmm. it's." They're acting like it's so weird and so transgressive, and it's just not. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess that'd be one thing if she was, like, this shy girl. and But but the whole thing was that they were, like, kind of bucking that yeah. personality trait of hers. So, I don't know. Maybe she's really into the milkmaid dairy farmer sort of roleplay. <laughs> no. I just, please, please, romance and erotica authors, stop using... The phrase her inner walls milked him. And then, <laughs> no and then, more of that. Thank you. And then a couple lines down, he, with a quick kiss, he rose to his feet. I'll be right back, he said, and dashed to the kitchen to dispose of the condom. The kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> there are no other garbage cans in this household. I, I don't want that near the food. <laughs> I can but anyway. I, I can kind of appreciate that because. Well, here's the thing. That makes sense for, like, when I first moved out um, in my apartment, I only had a garbage can in the kitchen. Like, I didn't... <laughs> but my apartment was so small. This is a giant house, you know? So... This is a seaside cottage owned by millionaires. Yeah, I think like... they've got... They, they must have other garbage cans. Yeah. Or, you know, like, a bathroom. Or, like, was, was he, like, gonna, like run it down the garbage disposal or something like what was the plan <laughs> that i don't understand like, i have to get rid of the evidence <laughs> donna and phil can never know <laughs> i mean you did just bang on their couch so yeah, that's a like, little bit that that's a line you've already crossed it's fine <laughs> donna and phil immediately find out because they show up like the next morning and they see mark's mm-hmm. car there so they come downstairs and there's a little back and forth about this and that. And then Mark agrees to marry Amanda and they have some more boning and Amanda, the spell is broken because I guess marriage was the 
key to her accepting that he really loved her or something. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. And it it all just happened so quickly. It was like the author got to the end and was like, all right, I did my sex scenes. Mm, I'm tired of this now. So it's going to end in 10 pages. So... I guess they're getting go. married. Who, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like the whole marriage proposal scene too was very, oh, very so funny, unintentionally funny as well. Because like Mark goes on to make this like grand declaration of his feelings towards Amanda, and she keeps going, and and <laughs> until he's finally like, and I want to marry you. She's like, bingo, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Oh my god, man, if she had said bingo baby, that would have made this book so good. It was just A plus, five out of five stars. <laughs> uh, so that's like pretty much the book. I actually still have a lot of things I think that I want to talk about. Um, like, oh yeah, this book, it's a, there's a lot going on for such a basic plot. One thing that did really bother me in the book is that several times throughout, Amanda, Amanda's the main character, Amanda's the one of affected by this curse but every time she started to say things like you just don't know how hard i've had mark would be like no you don't know how hard i've had it yes i've had to listen to your opinions <laughs> and it's been difficult it's been terrible it. <laughs> and then amanda would be like you're right i didn't think about your feelings <laughs> what and, and also all of amanda's opinions everybody is uh, amused by them, enjoys them. She keeps making great business decisions. It's not harming mm-hmm. anyone. She's doing a great job. But yeah, Mark is just like, mm-hmm. oh, I have to listen to you. This is terrible. I hate it. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this to me. A woman with opinions? No one asked for this. <laughs> also, also, can we talk about how hugely revisionist Mark is at the end of this book? And it might have just been because the author kind of forgot what she had written earlier in the book. I don't know. But um, after they get together, or Mark asks her why, why she thinks he pushed her so hard when they first started working together. Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, oh, because you're a perfectionist? And he says, wrong. If you got the position, I could finally date you. At first, oh, I was skeptical God. and thought you didn't stand a chance, but you showed us all. No, you didn't. No. At no, po- at no point prior to Magic Spell did you uh-huh. think, oh, I want to date that girl. You were like, she's uninteresting. I don't care about her. I'm not interested. Or I've said, she's, she's homely, homely. She's mousy. She's good at her job. Right. So this is like so revisionist that he's now like, oh, I've always wanted to date you the whole time. And I was planning to get you promoted this whole time so that we could do that, which incidentally Mm -hmm. this reveal would work if we didn't have any of Mark's like viewpoint, if we didn't get any of that, this would work. We'd be like, Oh, it all makes Mm -hmm. sense. And I believe this now, but because this whole time we've been sitting there listening to Mark go, I was totally uninterested in Amanda before, but now I suddenly am. This is, this is a lie. This is a lie that he's lying to us about. Or if we hadn't heard his backstory about how he hates women that just use him to move up the corporate ladder. (laughs) Right. Which is now. You're such a liar, Mark. You're a lying liar who lies. Not only is Mark a liar, but he also like, Amanda's reasons for liking him are such a low bar. Like, okay, he's hot, which we don't really get that much of a description of him. But sure, I guess he's hot, whatever, who cares? Mm -hmm. There's also another quote towards the end when 
she's ruminating on this situation and she says or she thinks when mark wasn't watching her she would study him she loved so many aspects of his personality the way he listened to a grandmother or how he gently pulled a child from the railing his caring showed in his actions like okay not being rude to an old lady and being gentle when correcting a child those are your those are your reasons for liking this guy that's that's just like being a decent human. <laughs> She's got some low standards. Like, oh, he didn't cuss out an old lady. He's amazing. That's... Wow. <laughs> Gross. Also, there's a lot of, like, issues in this book of harassment in the workplace and people staring at Amanda's boobs at work and commenting yes. on her appearance at work. Oh, my I hated this whole Greg situation where, like, Mark, who is a CEO of some sort, I think, right? Because she's like an executive assistant. He's a boss man. Yeah, so he's a boss man. Knows about Greg and his sexual harassment and is just like, well, maybe one of those ladies that he harassed will teach him a lesson. What? (laughs) What? Which, uh, that's not a, no. No, Mark, go talk to HR, please. Please go talk to HR. You need to to have them handle this. Or you talk to this dude. Like, tell him to stop. Uh, which that kind of leads into another thing I wanted to talk about, which was um, this book's absolute misunderstanding of women's fashion is how I think I want to phrase this. Yeah. Because there is a couple instances and I don't want to be that person who's constantly harping on, oh, they got the makeup wrong. Oh, they got the hair wrong. But this, there were two specific ones in this. <laughs> the clothes are fuck. <laughs> I mean, the clothes are a mess, but number one, speaking of Greg, his two office girlfriends who find out about each other have this very negative reaction where they go out and they dye their hair. One of them dyes their hair black and one of them dyes their hair orange, which whatever. And Amanda comes in and is like, why are you guys trying to be different from each other? You shouldn't be against each other. You should be against Greg. And they're like, oh, you're right. We're going to go back to blonde. And the next day they come in and are blonde. That is nonsense. That is insanity. There is no way. No way. No, this is bullshit. Someone Someone whose hair is dyed jet black is not going to be able to come in the next day as a blonde unless they like bleach their hair to the point where it is falling out of their head. Like that is the only way that you would be able to do that. That's insane. Oh my God. So that was, that was the number one. What the fuck are you talking about (laughs) moment in this book? Um, The second one uh, was the adhesive bra. Oh my god. Oh, this whole scene. <laughs> so there's a scene where they go out to dinner and Sarah is getting Amanda prepped beforehand and gives her an adhesive bra to stick on her boobs to support mm-hmm. her boobs in this very like sheer clingy outfit that she's wearing. And Amanda's like, oh, will they give me enough support? And Sarah's like, oh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, no, they will not. 
They will not. That's not what adhesive bras are for. Adhesive bras do not give you support. They just cover your nipples. That's all they're good for. Let's stop pretending Mm -hmm. that this woman who has said multiple times that she has very large breasts that she needs an underwire for is going to be able to go out to dinner in an adhesive bra and then (laughs) one of them falls off. One of the little bra cups pops off during dinner and... Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, my boobs are now at very noticeably different heights. No, that adhesive bra was not. What, it was how not do you think they that. work? What are, what are you talking about? Like, that's and not how anything works. That's not how fashion works. That's not how physics works. That's not how <laughs> boobs work. What are you talking about? Well, and see, and then my other thing was like, first of all, no one's going to notice. Secondly, if you were so worried about it, just do the old whole, like, cross your arms under your chest thing and walk to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, <laughs> no one cares that much. about. And this is another another thing that comes up a lot in this book is just people caring way more than anyone would actually care about Amanda and her life. People yes. are, and not just Amanda and her life, but also Amanda and her relationships. Like, at the end when her and um, Mark get together, Donna and Phil are like near tears in happiness. Like Phil's doing a little dance of happiness because they've fucked. Like no one cares that much. Nobody cares if you hook up or not. Like this is not important Mm -hmm. to anyone. Why are these two complete strangers? One of whom is a business associate acting like this affects them in some way. It doesn't, unless they're now trying to get Amanda and Mark to start swinging with them, which might be the case. That could be. Yeah. I mean, they were very forthcoming with that chocolate body paint. So I don't know. Just this whole scene where they're in, where they're in the restaurant and they like Mark drops his napkin on the that. ground as a pretense to get Amanda to talk to him. And, and he's like, Oh, where'd my napkin go? And because Amanda has to answer everything truthfully says it's where you intentionally dropped it. And then they both go bend down and have like a two page long conversation yes. about what's going on at the dinner table. <laughs> well, Donna what? and Phil are what? just sitting there like, this is normal behavior. Yeah. <laughs> no, that wouldn't work, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it was just so, so unbelievable. <laughs> it, was, it was a mess. Um, yeah, there was a lot wrong here. So uh, there was a lot wrong. What was something that you felt this book did right? What was your silver lining? <laughs> My silver lining for this book was that I, like I mentioned before, I think it's it would be a good story in a different medium. I think this would be perfect for um, your homesick. You're turning on Netflix to find some garbage to watch so that you don't have to pay much attention to it and you just get drawn into this movie. And it's just exactly what you need on that kind of day. I definitely got like a Katherine Heigl movie sort of vibe from it. Um, yeah, yeah. Although probably it wouldn't be able to afford Katherine Heigl, but um, you know, <laughs> who? What? What's her? But name yeah, like from, a lifetime. Um, Full House. What is her name? Oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I am not a, a Full House aficionado. That's gonna drive me crazy. Gotta find her name. Sorry. We played DJ. The only, I was gonna say Candace the only Cameron Beer. Candace Cameron Beer. She's in all those movies. <laughs> yeah, like it. It definitely would be. I. I really do think it would be a cute little movie sort of situation. Yeah, um, or even be... like I could see a story like this on Broadway or something too. You mm, know, like spice mm. it up with some songs and better sense of humor. 
I think it'd be yeah. pretty good. Like, the book didn't do itself any favors because we're treated to all of these paragraphs and descriptions of things like we get it you're just you're just kind of hitting us over the head now with with yeah there's a there's a lot of repetition of like internal motivations like they over explain Mm -hmm. why these characters are doing these things and I think if it was something where you don't have that internal monologue sort of situation going on you would therefore cut out all of this because again if you cut all of that out we would be able to make our own conclusions about why, you know, Amanda behaves in this mousy manner and why mm-hmm. Mark is so, you know, like not committal with women. Like we could make our own conclusions and then it would maybe actually be interesting when it, there's kind of the reveal of why they are that way. But because they tell us 8 million times, it's no longer interesting. Exactly. I definitely agree. I think this could work as a movie. Um, my silver lining, it, it's um, that unlike a lot of these sort of hijinksy type romances mm-hmm. where someone is in a situation that complicates the relationship, uh, sometimes it's magic, sometimes it's like a bet or something like that. A lot of times that tension of one person not knowing about it is what drives the plot forward. Mm-hmm. And then you get into this situation where the person has lied to the person they're interested in this entire time. And it's kind of awkward and that has to be resolved. So I appreciated the yeah. fact that uh, the the spell was revealed very early on in the novel. Like she told yeah. Mark about it. She explained it to him. He got on board and they were working together to try to figure. Although I don't understand why they made the choices they did in their process of working together. They were theoretically working together to get this sorted out. So I liked that. I liked that there was that the relationship was like a partnership sort of situation rather than one of them trying to hide something from the other. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I thought that was a good choice and it definitely yeah. could have gone another way. Yeah, and it, and it was yeah, it was refreshing because we didn't have to do that old song and dance of her like trying to hide mm-hmm. this from the main yes male protagonist, which is whatever. Right. So I like that. So. Um, and again, I mm-hmm. I found a lot of it funny, and again, some of it maybe not intentionally so, but <laughs> I I did think it had a good like, it didn't take itself too seriously. I think. Um, right. So yeah. I appreciated that as well. Yeah, it was just like a lighthearted quick read that uh, for people if that's what you're, exactly what you're looking for and you and you're into this specific type of romance then yeah that, it's probably gonna float your boat yeah yeah <laughs> once we got there eventually uh so let's hear about a character you related to right i guess of the characters in this novel i'd probably say sarah um because she was mm-hmm. she was like kind of fun she was flirty she's outgoing um which I'm not but you know I can pretend (laughs) everybody else is just such a either they didn't have much personality or their personality was one that I couldn't really get on board with Sarah was probably the closest to being someone who I could relate to but it was kind of a stretch how about you I mean I'm sure it'll it'll be ruined in the second book if we ever read that sequel yeah for sure um for mine (laughs) Mine's 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 one of those one-off ones that <laughs> didn't really have any any emphasis on the story or sorry any effect on the story or anything like that. Um, but at the barbecue, <laughs> Mark introduces Amanda to his brother and brother's family, including two children. 
Um, the seven-year-old Eric, who asks a lot of awkward questions about the nature of Amanda's relationship with his Uncle Mark. <laughs> and three-year-old Gloria, whose only role in this entire novel is to try and get a balloon from her older brother and to <laughs> shout, Mommy, pee-pee toilet, pee-pee toilet. <laughs> I liked it. And you felt that was you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's kind of how I felt about this book at this point it's a pee pee toilet <laughs> wow strong words strong and words. i needed an adult to take it away from me <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> did you so okay so you wanted this to be taken away from you what would you like to have it replaced with what would you rather be reading this week oh my I came up with a, I came up with a book before we started recording and now I can't remember what it was. Damn it, Why Anna! Didn't I write this down. <laughs> Let me go back in here. Why didn't I write this down? I mean, the real answer is basically anything else. But you know, you said something about changelings earlier, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what was a really good series? Canesville. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Canesville earlier. I was actually thinking about Kelly Armstrong in general as a possible rather be reading for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Kelly Armstrong's so good. That And I oh think God, that Armstrong. too would have been her. a good one to mention for the Anita Blake novel because, man, if you're looking for some paranormal mm-hmm. romance with some awesome sex scenes, so I, would, good. I would recommend the Bitten series by Kelly Armstrong. Well, it's, it's the, uh, the Women of the Other World series. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah, the first book is Bitten. And it's the Women of the Other World. Mm-hmm. And... Um, her most recent series is the Canesville series, which we just both think wrapped she up has, Does she write? I think she has another series that's going on right now. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's her most recent completed series is Canesville. Yes. Yes. And it has to do more with Faye and folklore um, than her other stuff does, but features some possible changelings, which yeah. my mind latched onto that and was like, mm. and you're like, well, running with this. Yeah. Um, I'm going in a very similar direction, actually, which is weird because really changelings don't actually have anything to do with this book. Um, It's just a thing that I said about it. (laughs) It's just a word. (laughs) It's just a word we said in this podcast. Um, okay. So my, my rather be reading is a little bit confusing and I want to kind of discuss the process of how I came to this as my rather be reading. So, uh, on Sunday, I had a little bit of time off from like work and school and stuff. And instead of doing any of the homework that I should have been working on or editing any of the episodes <laughs> that I haven't edited yet, or um, indeed reading this book, I instead decided <laughs> I would start watching um, a anime series, which oh. I enjoy the occasional anime manga situation, but I generally have this rule that I only read or watch completed series because I don't uh-huh. want to have to wait for years to find out what happened. I'm the same So way. I had heard about this series and I, yeah. And I started watching, um, I looked it up on Wikipedia and I thought it said that the anime was finished. Uh-huh. So I started watching it, watched all 18 episodes or 17, 18 episodes, um, and found that the anime definitely is not finished. Uh, it is still ongoing. And I was really invested at this point, but I was like, that's okay, that's okay. I'll just go read the manga and then, mm-hmm. you know, just catch up that way. 
So I went and started reading the manga. And it turns out that's not finished either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what this is, they are both ongoing. What um, a tease. But that's my... So that's what I would rather be reading this week is the 43rd chapter of The Ancient Magus's Bride because it's not out yet and I really want to read it right now because I just watched the entire anime and read the entire manga. Um, oh my gosh, what is and it And also, as I was... It's called The Ancient Magus's... Magus? 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 Anyway, uh, The Ancient Magus's Bride. Um, okay, okay. And like the plot... And it's... Here's the thing. Ooh. It is a little bit... It has its own little problematic issues, but I think they're resolved a lot better than in this book. Um, because I was, this was kind of the thing I was thinking about when I was reading this book. I was like, I generally don't like boss assistant, boss inferior, you know, superior inferior romances in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love like mentor student type relationships, not teacher student mm-hmm. to be clear, but mentor student where someone is teaching someone about like ma- usually magic and then the other one is learning from them and then they start hooking up. Yeah. Love it. Which is kind of, it seems, the setup in this. So the the plot is essentially this girl who is able to see uh, fairies is like, she has had this terrible past because of it and she ends up putting herself up, uh, like she sells herself into slavery. Um, oh. And she gets, yeah, I know, right? So it's like, what? But she gets bought by this guy who is a Magus who has, like, all of these powers and who explains to her that she has, like, this special ability of, you know, be like, not only seeing uh, into this other realm, but also she's able to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, siphon magic more effectively okay. than um, regular magi are able to. So he wants to take her on as apprentice and that's why he bought her. But then he also kind of wants, to, he kind of says he wants to marry her, but then she's like, what the fuck? And like that never really gets explained fully. Okay. Um, and then as it goes on, you find out like he's kind, he's really, really old, but he um, is part fairy and doesn't really understand human emotions. So she's trying to teach him how to be a human and he's trying to teach her how to use magic. And it's oh. real fun. And they fight some, bad guys and it's good times um and also he doesn't (laughs) also i haven't told you the best part yet he doesn't have a human head he has a skull of like a dragon or goat or something what (laughs) hold on let me google this oh my oh i kind of dig it though i know right it's weird but uh, like yeah, so, so there's Wait, I'm it's, looking it's, at this picture. Does like he's got this kind of like cowl hood kind of situation yes. going? And it he tapers has, like, off the corners of the skull, kind of like horns. Are those his so horns he, or are they the He has Yes. He has horns and then he has a um like veil that he attaches to the oh. horns and when he's out with people he flips it in front of his face. I see. Okay. So that's that's what I would have rather been reading. Um and I have read <laughs> All of it so far, and I'm super into it. But um, I wish I could read more of that instead of the book. Well, it looks like the new episode comes out on Saturday, according to Crunchyroll. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm So, yeah, you got that to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) You have to update us um, at every episode until every episode how how this is going. Um, Yep. 
whether or not you'd still rather be reading watching it. Yeah, I'll I'll let you guys know in a couple of years uh, when this finishes up in like a decade or however long this is going to go on for <laughs> both both for this anime ever. and the podcast. <laughs> Decades <laughs> to both. Oh man. Uh, since you challenged me this week, that means it is my turn to issue a challenge to you. And this Ooh, one actually wait. came with a little help from one of our good friends of the podcast, uh, your husband, <laughs> Dr. Michael Berger, PhD. Um, Ugh, that guy. <laughs> so, um, I can't believe he's done this to me. And he wouldn't even tell me what it is either, which was like the most upsetting. He was like, well, ha ha ha, I sent in. A book suggestion to the podcast, and when I did, Emily said she had been looking for a book like that for a long time, but couldn't find anything to fill fill the niche. So, like, you're really gonna enjoy it. <laughs> I'm so mad. He won't tell me. <laughs> that is word for word what he sounds like. Do you want me to just read his text of his suggestion for this? Yeah, let's hear it. So our first fan mail. And I'm gonna I'm gonna omit the name of the book and author. And am I I'll gonna see know it when I hear where it? He's going with this. Because that's the other thing uh, too is he doesn't know any books. I know, right? <laughs> he knows <I'm>... this one. Um, <laughs> so like, I have to think like, did he hear about it from me? Is it on my bookshelf? Like, where <laughs> where did he gain this knowledge? He doesn't know these things. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read it, and then I will look up the summary and read the summary. Okay. 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 I think you should make Anna read this book because it's not too long, I think, and combines two of Anna's least favorite things, author and casual racist stereotypes that only come from a white man trying to write about non-white characters. Oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Oh no, just hit me with it. Just hit me. The book that we're going to be reading next, it's quite a departure from this self-published novel. We're going to be reading Tortilla Flat by John Steinbeck. No, no, no. No. I'm going to cry. Do not make me read John Steinbeck, please. Reading Steinbeck, baby. No, no. I hate it already. I, no. You know what? Next episode, you're going to be doing the synopsis again because I am not reading John Steinbeck of my own free will. It's 256 pages. That is not. It's, it's not your own free will. It's a challenge and you must follow through. I decline. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read the. Over. Uh... We made it 10 episodes. <laughs> so it was a good run. It was a good run. That thing we just said about this going for years and years. No, kill it. No. No, Michael ruined everything in one suggestion, <laughs> as he always does. He made it unfun. Michael made it unfun again. Here's the thing. I was looking for, like, it really was a good suggestion on my part because, or from, like, for him to give it to me, because I have been looking for the last several challenges to find something with casual racism in it. Because <laughs> I know that will annoy you. Could couldn't Google that, could you? Just books with casual I, racism. Yes, every time I was like books with racism, they're like to kill a mockingbird. Um, <laughs> I'm 
like, no, that's a book dealing with racism. I want a book that is racist. And then if you get into list of books that are racist, it tends to be like white nationalist stuff. And I was like, no, we're not doing that's, that. No, no, that's too far. That was that was a page too far. I'm so mad at him right now. This is. I'm gonna read the synopsis real quick, just so anyone, uh, so that. Uh, you know, anyone following along can decide if they want to join us on this adventure. I hate it. Adopting the structure and themes of the Arthurian legend, Steinbeck created a Camelot on a shabby hillside above the town of Monterey, California, and peopled it with a colorful band of knights. At the center of the tale is Danny, whose house, like Arthur's castle, becomes a gathering place for men looking for adventure, camaraderie, and a sense of belonging. These knights are paisanos, men of mixed heritage, whose ancestors settled California hundreds Hundreds of years before, free of ties to jobs and other complications of the American way of life, they fiercely resist the corrupting tide of honest toil in the surrounding ocean of civil rectitude. So yeah, sounds like a real good time. I have no words. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he needs to come on here and defend himself for me. I mean, if you want to drag him in here, you can do that. No, he's. Let me see. Let me see what he's doing. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael, can you come here? He sounds very hesitant. <laughs> can you come here? Can you can you explain to the people of our podcast why you've decided to betray your wife by taking this information that you've gathered about her over the past 10 years and using it for evil, pure evil? Can you explain, please, to our audience why you would do this to me? I've been plotting to force you to read Steinbeck all of these years, and only now have I had the opportunity to force it upon you. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Was, was, was my happiness worth it? Yeah. You, yeah. you sold me out It's going to be this. my favorite episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to read it aloud to you, the entire book, from page one to page 220-whatever. This isn't a short book, Michael. Have you seen how small the text is in these in these uh, Penguin classics? It's nope. itty-bitty. But it's a novella, so it can't be that long. Novellas aren't 226 pages long. I saw that it was a novella. Get out like, of my Wikipedia sight. I'm that. sick. Sorry. Get out of my sight. <laughs> Yay, I'm looking forward to it. I hate this. Join us in two weeks. I may or may not be the co-host of this podcast. Oh man, um, that about wraps it up for this fortnight's episode. I'm dying. I'm. I can feel my life force already being drained from my body. You, you're Stop not gonna laughing. help me do the wrap up here. You're just. Funny. You're not going to help me do the wrap-up here. You're just going to keep complaining. Follow us on Twitter at Twitter Hate Read Cast. <laughs> Email us on Gmail at Reddit. No, what? What's our Gmail? At, uh, yep, it's email us on Gmail at Reddit. <laughs> Thanks for the theme song, Ben. <laughs> oh, In the words of Teresa Roblin, it's uncomfortable and unprofessional. <laughs> pee pee toilet! Pee pee toilet! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, I'm stopping my recording. That's good no, enough. No, I'm so miserable already. This was pure evil. Pure evil.
here's the second caveat, right? Um, I, yeah, is that is that a good? Chicken? Yeah, it's a very good chicken I'm eating right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we're very professional. 